It's 11.59 in Cozy Corner. Currently, the weather is extremely cold and unpleasant. Like my wife. You know what I'm saying. (laughs) Is life getting you down? Do you feel like nothing ever goes your way? Are you ready for it to all be over? Try suicide. It probably has the answers you're looking for. I'm sorry I misread that. Try the suicide hotline. It probably has the answers you're looking for. If not, I guess you can try that other thing. Now it's time for the show that has as much personality as khaki pants. The Late Night Fright with Dan and Faith. On with the show. Yeah. Where's the number for that suicide hotline? It's midnight. Time for the world's most moderately rated public radio show, The Late Night Fright with Dan and Faith. Buckle up. You are cleared for departure. Your destination, The Late Night Fright. Commencing transmission in five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Late Night Fright, broadcasting live from WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio, right here in the United States of America. I am Dan, and with me as always is my ravenous, cannibalistic co-host, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. Fall is in the air, the leaves are changing colors, it's getting cooler outside, and we have a new month programming here on the show, don't we? It is Creepy Classics Month here on the Late Night Fright, and we are kicking it off with an absolute horror classic. The movie we're talking about tonight is indeed a touchstone in the horror genre, and the influence of tonight's film cannot be overstated. Before we get to that, we would like to welcome all of you to the program, be you a spook, specter, astral traveler from Dimension X, alien envoy from the farthest reaches of the galaxy, or if you're just Judy from Toledo. Welcome one and all. We are so glad to have you here with us this evening. I'd like to offer a special shout out to all of my fellow brain eaters out there. You're disgusting, and that's pandering, but I love you anyway, Faith. What is on the slab for Postmortem tonight? From director George A. Romero and writer John Russo, we have 1968's classic Night of the Living Dead, starring Dwayne Jones and Judith O'Day. Everything you know about zombies, or ghouls as they're called here, comes from this film. In 1941, writer Kurt Seidmack defined the mythology of the werewolf with Universal's classic monster movie The Wolfman starring Lon Chaney Jr. In the same way, Romero and Russo established the modern interpretation of the zombie. Undead? Cannibalistic? Feeding on the flesh of its victims? If it bites you, it can be a very unpleasant day. It's a lot like my exes. Mine too. Filmed around Evans City, Pennsylvania, 30 miles north of Pittsburgh. Night of the Living Dead was shot mostly on weekends, and the movie's small budget dictated that the actors were placed in remote locations and the horror brought to them. Romero had been a commercial director and brought a guerrilla style to the filming, which placed the viewer in the goings-on. Released on October 1st, 1968, Night of the Living Dead did not impress critics of the time, but has since gained not only a cult following, but is regarded as one of the most important horror films of all time. Its influence can still be felt today through its many sequels, remakes, and shows like The Walking Dead, which pay homage to this film. Tonight, we'll be scoring Night of the Living Dead in the category of overall film, and in lieu of stars, we will be awarding it brains. We are going to take a short pause for a coffee cause. I am Dan. I am Faith. You are listening to The Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. We are so glad you're here. We will see you on the other side.
funding for the Late Night Fright is made possible through a generous grant from the Welsh Jennings Corporation. Welsh Jennings, building a better tomorrow today. Welsh Jennings is proud to announce the release of our newest food product, the Rubber Biscuit. The Rubber Biscuit is that particular brand of biscuit that's supposed to bounce off the wall back in your mouth. If it don't bounce back, you go hungry. Welsh Jennings, making depopulation fun. Stay tuned for more of the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF, Cozy Corner, Public Radio. Whether you're a made man or some bauble from the neighborhood, Vito's tracksuit and undershirt emporium has everything you need to be a real fashion hitman. From the classic white undershirt to the world's most stylish and luxurious tracksuits, Vito's tracksuit and undershirt emporium has it all. Come check out our wide range of tracksuits. We've got them all. The Gandolfini, the Polly Walnuts, and the Monosani. If you're looking for accessories, we've got gold chains, gold religious medallions, gold bracelets, and a new shipment of gold pinky rings that just fell off a truck, don't ask. Vito's tracksuit and undershirt emporium, don't be a stugatz. Why is the Hallmark Channel showing Christmas movies before Halloween? What the hell? I digress. Now back to the Late Night Fright, the only radio show that's been accurately compared to toenail fungus. Yeah. Go on, watch the Hallmark Channel. Welcome back to the Late Night Fright, right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we are sitting on the floor tonight. (laughs) Faith and I made an executive decision. We had enough of chairs. Sick of chairs. Sick of chairs. So we're sitting on the floor tonight. We're floor people. We're floor people. I like it. I like it too. I, I like it a lot. We've also been sucking on Vicks inhaler sticks because allergy season has just been and we just pulled the real stuff out on kicking, top of it. <laughs> kicking both of our asses. And apparently our show has been accurately compared medically to toenail fungus. I don't know what to say about that. It doesn't surprise me. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me. How are you doing tonight? Doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing very well. I hope all of the listeners out there are doing very well. Me too. So we are officially now in fall and we have creepy classics Creepy yeah. classics. We picked four movies. Those movies are Night of the Living Dead, Son of Frankenstein, The Innocents, and The Thing from Another World. Incidentally, all of those movies are in black and white. So, creepy classics, black and white month. We're starting off with a real classic George Romero's 1968 zombie film, Night of the Living Dead. This movie is so influential, it cannot be overstated how influential this movie is is right i have some things i want to say about the movie tonight i have some things that i would like to say uh about independent movies too uh we're going to get to that because this is an independent movie before we get to it welcome one and all talking about movies is fun faith and i it's always a pleasure and a privilege to get together and have this conversation every week we hope that you are getting together with your friends and having this conversation and you're finding things in these movies or this conversation might lead you somewhere you you don't know where it's going to go so we're living in times when people would like to keep us apart and we don't we don't follow that mojo. No. So get together with your friends, watch horror movies in the words of the late great Bob Wilkins, watch horror films, keep America strong. Lord knows we need to keep America strong right now more than ever. So Absolutely. Let's get to it. This movie might have something to say about America. So was this a first time watch for you? Yeah, I had seen like little bits and pieces, I feel like, over time, but I had never really seen it in full. This is an interesting watch nowadays because this movie is, you know, 50 some odd years old and it could seem a little trite because it establishes all the tropes right of this genre of the zombie genre. 
I would also like to pat myself on the back for saying trite and tropes. Good job. Trite and tropes. <laughs> it's very Dr. Seussian of me. Yes. Isn't it? It is. <laughs> I tell you, we get on the floor and just weird things happen. <laughs> weird things happen. I uh, I cannot overstate the influence of this movie and how much I enjoy this movie. One of my one of my initial impressions on the rewatch, and it had been a while since I'd seen the movie. Before we get into our impressions of the movie, we've had this conversation on the show before, but it's been a while. We should have this conversation now. We're both not really big on zombies, are we? Not really. It, it's no. not your. It's not one of your go to genres. I enjoyed the first two or three seasons of The Walking Dead very, very much, and I just kind of fell out with it because I feel like there's only so much you can do with zombies, exactly. you know, uh, in, <laughs> in in the long-form serial. Yeah, telling. I mean, really, that's there's only so much you can do. But this movie, looking, looking back at it now, some 50-some-odd years later, uh, might seem a little trite, as I said, because it establishes the tropes, but... This has a real Twilight Zone vibe to it. Mm-hmm. It so does. It's a very Twilight Zone vibe to it in that there's a little bit of irony there at the end and there's a kind of a scientific reason given for why the zombies are acting the way they are and I really, really like that. Uh, that's one of the facets I like about the movie. But this movie does, like The Wolfman in 1941, anything you know about the werewolf comes from 1941's <laughs> yes. universal classic, The Wolfman. Kurt Siedmack made all of that up with 1941's <laughs> The Wolfman. Now, there is a, the zombie is a creature in Caribbean folklore, Caribbean mysticism with the voodoo, and they can reanimate the dead. The dead will, will come back to life. This is a little different vibe from from that because there's no voodoo ritual involved here. There's radiation that is hitting the earth. It has come back. Those damn scientists send a probe up and the probe comes back, brings the radiation and it reanimates those who die and they get up and they start walking and they want to feed. So the things that are established here, let's see what we've got faith. We've got the reanimation Mm -hmm. of the dead. Uh, They walk very slow. They, uh, feed on human flesh. They kill humans and feed on human flesh. And if you get bitten by one, you turn in one. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much now for 50 some odd years, it's been the popular interpretation of the zombie. Mm-hmm. So George Romero, real game changer there. This is also an independent movie, as I said. And I have a list here of films, horror films, just horror films. Night of the Living Dead is on it. Halloween from 1978, Nightmare on Elm Street from 1984. Those are off the top of my head. Those are all game changers in in the movement. Yeah, Psycho could be called an independent film because no one thought it was a good idea. I think Hitchcock put his own money into that, if I'm not mistaken. Do you remember? I think so. I, I seem to re- recall that from doing the movie. I, I, th- I want to say so. Because oh. nobody really wanted to touch that right. at all. So. My point here with the independent films is movies by committee and studios. And there's some great, obviously there's great studio movies, but it seems like the real game changer type stuff comes from independent exactly. cinema, uh, people who have a drive and a passion, you know, they're mm-hmm. not making movies by committee. You could then put a movie like star Wars almost into that because no one really wanted to make that movie. And it was one person's vision. Right. Here we have uh, John Russo and George Romero's vision, but isn't that something though? Independent films, you know, it's true. Have that, you know, <laughs> because they have this singular vision. Also interesting. This movie was made on the weekends. So there you go. Pretty what cool. did you, what did you like about the movie? I like being involved in the movie. I like how we were in this one place. Cause I feel like it adds that tension of being trapped. And I just, I like being like you said, with a thing, you feel like you're kind of part of that group and part of the movie. You're the, not just the John watching. Carpenter movie, the yeah. thing. Right. Right. There's a real kind of uh, the word I think I'm looking for is immediacy to this, where it feels uh, the guerrilla style. Romero was a commercial director, so he brought those techniques. Uh, there's a real kind of cinema verite style. It feels at times almost like it's a documentary. It feels. But uh, through the camera work and the editing, you feel like you're actually like up there in that house with right. them. Exactly. And I think it's a 
it's a very unique experience. And as old as this movie is, it feels very fresh when you're watching it, which it is does. something that I love. You mentioned the thing, and I'm glad you brought up the thing because as I was watching this, I was catching vibes of the thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, the thing, of course, uh, draws inspiration from Agatha Christie's Ten Little Indians. Uh, then, of course, the uh, John Campbell novella who goes there is where the thing kind of properly comes from. But um, uh, classic, just kind of locked door mysteries. And mm -hmm. a lot of this happens, it's, it, like you said, in that one room, which is yeah. really great. Now, we've talked about this. Again, we're talking about independent productions here. Uh, even something like Nightmare on Elm Street 3, New Line Cinema was still an independent production company at the time. Mm -hmm. They had to make do with what they had. And we've talked about it on that show, I remember in particularly, the creativity that comes out when you have to make do. Exactly. Necessity being the mother of creativity, it mm -hmm. seems. And yeah. this movie, because of the limited budget, they had to like bring the horror, as they said, to the actors. So it takes place in one location locked down i think it really just adds to the intimacy of this movie and the intimacy of this movie is what makes this movie work so mm -hmm. well because like the thing it's the characters in the situations that are making this work right it's it's a it, forget the zombies that are outside it's all about ben and barbara and then you've got the group that's uh down there in the cellars and the in cellar and they come up and then it's about for the battle of well who's going to be in charge of the group you know which is kind of trivial stuff in light of what's happening, but boy, isn't that something? <laughs> isn't that something? Maybe we'll get to that in just a second. But uh, yeah, definitely you're getting vibes of The Thing. I said this about The Thing, and I did not see anything in my reading, but neither The Living Dead would really work well as a stage play. Yes. I could see this working as a stage play. There's almost a 12 Angry Men vibe to it, where, you know, because 12 Angry Men is about the control of that jury room, and this is about control of that one room in in this house, yeah. you know, and, and where they're going to go uh, in the house. Irony of ironies, uh, the gentleman, uh, Mr. I can't remember his name. It's escaping me right now. Mr. Uh, Campbell, I believe is his name. Doesn't matter. The bald headed guy that's down in the cellar with his wife and the girl turning into the zombie. But um, he was kind of right because it ends up that he had to go spend, you know, stay right. in the cellar. So irony. <laughs> Irony of ironies. Uh, again, the the intimacy here is just cannot be. You, you can't say enough about the intimacy. You feel like you're in the middle of this. And one you thing really that do. this movie does that I don't see too much in movies. Uh, we talked about it with Alien. Alien, you feel like you're an active participant in the goings on, especially in regards to the Veronica Cartwright character Lambert. You're feeling her emotions. She's almost a point of view character in that film. And you're feeling the the situation through her. It's being filtered through her quite a bit. And the situation here is being filtered through Barbara. And I, I'm trying to come up with a movie where I felt the breakdown of a character more than I have here. Right. Can you think of one? I don't think that I can. Were, were you feeling like the fear coming off of her? Like, oh, like absolutely. What, what, an, what, a, what an experience that is watching this. And you're, in a way, you're in Ben's shoes because he's getting nothing out of this person. Right. He doesn't know this person. And he needs something out of right. this person. And it was it was frustrating, but it felt very real. A lot of that has to do with the fact that the film was improvised a lot, you mm -hmm. know, that they that they expounded upon what was on the page. And uh, it was, feels very fresh and very real and very raw, which gives it that documentary style, mm -hmm. which makes it more terrifying. I know. No, it it was frustrating at moments. You're just like, come on, lady, say something. <laughs> but you also understand where she's coming from. Exactly. I was going to say that. Where she's coming from, too. We have a very uh, interesting and competent protagonist here. Dwayne Jones plays Ben. Revolutionary at the time uh, that you had a black leading man mm -hmm. in a film populated by white faces. George Romero said he was not really trying to make any kind of social statement. It was just that Dwayne Jones was the correct actor uh, for the part. He came in and read it and brought something to it that no one else had brought to it. He was written a little more, uh, what's the word, rugged could uh, might be the best term for it. But uh, Dwayne Jones was a very, very educated very intelligent guy and uh, was a stage actor and brought a lot of his own personality to this. And I love this character of Ben. 
Me too. I love a horror movie that has a character who is has a grasp on the situation mm-hmm. and is actively trying to keep a grasp on the situation and is getting information and is doing his best to make the right decisions right. as he's going on. And what a level-headed guy this is. Even when Barbara is sitting there catatonic, you know, and he and he does smack her around once for no other reason than, <laughs> hey, hey, I need you to wake up, you know? Yeah. Exactly. No, that didn't seem like. What do you think of that performance? Because I think it's, I think it's, I think it's wonderful. It's, it's, I think it's one of the best acting performances I've seen oh, in, I, in any of the movies we've done oh, yeah. on this show because it feels so real. I was going to say that. I think he's amazing. He brings, really, he does bring a realness to it. It feels like you're just watching a man who just kind of stumbled upon a situation, a real situation or something. He doesn't feel like he's acting at all. But I really enjoyed him. Yeah, I did too. I did too. A lot. Um, and it's, and it's a shame spoilers. If you haven't seen it, it's a shame what happens to him at the end. And, and I read that, um, that was the ending the entire time. People have tried to make it out to be this anti-capitalist thing. People have tried to make it out to be this racial thing. And Romero said that was always the ending of the movie. It, it was that bit of irony, which gives, gives it that twilight zone feel to me. You right. know? And it's just so incredibly frustrating and sad and it's a movie that then, you know, it just loses all sense of hope, which I know, which is something. And I had to rewind it because I was like, wait, hold on a second. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, that's not how we wanted it to end. No, no, absolutely not. It's uh, it's very interesting. We have uh, creatures here who I think are interesting, at least. I think mm-hmm. these ghouls, as they're called here, they're not called zombies in the movie. These ghouls are, are pretty interesting. What I did like you ghouls. think of them? Because, uh, like I said, I'm not. A zombie fan per se. I'm not on the whole bandwagon with the zombie apocalypse stuff. I'm a little more on it now because of where we find ourselves <laughs> at this point in history. Maybe we'll talk about that. But um, what, what did what did you think of the ghouls? I like them here because I feel like they don't have that like stereotypical kind of look to them. If that makes any sense, you, you know, know what it is movie uh, look. Yeah, I feel you know like... what it is because there, there, it's like there wasn't a lot of of money for this and. Yeah. So there wasn't a lot of makeup, so they don't have that typical kind of zombie look to them. Yeah. They look kind of more like people, and that really was bothering me. I was going to say, it's almost a little more disturbing, if you think about it. (laughs) Yeah, especially the tall man, the tall, the first one you see in the graveyard, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's very disconcerting. I remember the first time I saw this movie, and uh, one thing I love about the movie, which ties in with the first time I saw it years and years ago, I'm watching the movie and I'm enjoying it and and it's disturbing, but it's not, you know, hitting me on that level, that real primal level mm-hmm. where you get scared of it. Yeah. You know? The last third of this movie, when they start coming in the house, though, yes. it really, really bothered me. And it still bothers me and because it, 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 it's so visceral, especially the Barbara death where they just come through and they pull her through that window, Ugh, you know, no. and it's and it's so. Uh, uh, quick and sudden, and uh, it reminds me. Did you ever see that YouTube video where the guy had caught the big fish and he's got the fish and he's and he's yes. and, he's, and he's on the boat, <laughs> and he's holding that fish, and that sea lion comes up and like photo bombs the video and steals the fish. And, steals and the it's fish. like, ur, 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 you know, <laughs> yeah, and it feels like it feels like that when when they come and they get her and they pull her through the. I know. Uh, they pull her through the thing. Yeah, it's 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 terrifying. It's it's really terrifying stuff. It's wonderfully done, and edited and acted. And just absolutely scary. And, and I love that about them. Now, yeah. one thing I do like about the ghouls here is like the mask in Halloween that Michael Myers wears, you can assign anything you want to to them. You can assign meaning to them. And maybe you can assign the anti-capitalist thing to it. Maybe you can assign the racist thing to it. Maybe you can assign whatever you want to assign to it. And maybe that's... Yeah. Part of the genius of it, maybe you can look at it like I look at it and go, you know, there's a lot of stupid people out there. <laughs> and um, I think it's a I think it's a brave thing. They say telling the truth is a brave thing. And to be that one person like Ben is in this movie who is standing up against the horde of stupidity, you know, mm-hmm. is is very brave, especially in the times that we find ourselves living in. Right. Um, this was based in part on the Richard Matheson novel, I Am Legend, which uh became the basis for the Vincent Price film, The Last Man on Earth, the Charlton Heston movie, Omega Man, and then the Will Smith version, which is actually called I Am Legend, where you do have that one guy, and there's vampires, you know, and they, he says he did kind of nick the story. 
from the Matheson thing. And Matheson says that he they didn't quite get the textual elements, contextual <laughs> elements that he was going for, but he wished them well and you know, no animosity. <laughs> but um, I think this works very well on its own. Uh, but uh, interesting choice. Yeah. The, the zombies, the undead. Yeah, I think so now, for sure. Uh, this was originally written under the title Monster Flick, and it was going to be more of a horror comedy, and aliens were going to be kind of resuscitating the dead to do their bidding, but they were going to have to use the newly dead because it was going to be too labor-intensive to get the people out of the ground and things <laughs> like this. So I think it worked out well I the, think so the too. way that they went with this yeah that sounds a little interesting <laughs> yes um this is a movie with some iconic moments what were some things that were just sticking out to you the the opening in the cemetery is just absolutely classic the ending again classic uh, not only with uh the the iron ironic bit with him you know getting shot but right. the uh, uh with them coming through the walls which mm-hmm. you see in thriller yes. they use that in the thriller music video what, um, what was some things that, that just images that stick with you from this I like the fire. I don't know what it is about fire. Me yeah. And, me and Nicolas Cage like in that fire. I don't know. Yeah. Every Nicolas Cage movie, the dialogue is either whispered or screamed and everything's on fire. Yeah. Everything in the movie is on fire. No, I like that aspect that there's something that kind of keeps them maybe fearful of kind of, you know, yeah. moving closer. Um, but no, the, the, them coming through the house. That's just so, that's. And Ugh. and it's not only them coming through the windows, it's when they get in the house and they're just kind of milling about like they're at a party, you right. know, and there's like nowhere to go, you know, yeah. like, like where's the chips and dough? <laughs> I'm out of here, you know, and, and they leave. Yeah, that is pretty terrifying. And then they just walk away. It's 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 really some disconcerting stuff. Um, I like the storytelling device of using the radio and the television. Mm-hmm. Me too. The guy who's the newscaster uh, was actually a Pittsburgh newscaster. And he went by the moniker of Chili Billy, and Chili Billy was a horror host. Chili Billy showed oh, the monster cool. movies, yeah, yeah, on the on the Pittsburgh station. Yeah. So that's pretty cool, yeah. And that's that, that was cool. actually filmed at the Pittsburgh uh, news station, okay. so television station. So uh, yeah, uh, that's very cool. I like the way that they're doing it. I like the way that you're able to cut through the newscast to like the sheriff and mm-hmm. and those characters, and you get an idea of what's going on in the outside world through them. I like the sheriff character. They're, they're just, yeah, we're, we're going to go down uh, Wellington. We're just going to shoot them, you right. know? <laughs> so um, I, I like that it's, it, you feel like it's being handled as a natural disaster type thing too. Like, right. It, like, and I love that it's concentrated there in this house, in this area, that story takes place right there, but you feel like there's something bigger happening out, out in the world. So very yeah. cool. It's very, very cool. It's really cool. It's, a, it's just really well done. Very entertaining. V- just so good. Yeah. I enjoyed it so much. Um, it, it does what good movies are supposed to do. It establishes tone and mm-hmm. tension, and and it just keeps upping the stakes. Tension is tension and tension and tension, and finally it just explodes. Yeah. It just explodes, and uh, I'll use a big critic word, cacophony of violence. <laughs> I like that word. Gore. There you go. I was really bothered by the feeding of the zombies. And oh, this is in too. black and white. And they're sitting there eating <laughs> on these things. <laughs> Can we uh, talk about the little girl, too? Let's. Okay. So oh that's another God. thing, too, that's really wonderful. Like, I was trying to put myself into the shoes of someone back in the day watching this who doesn't know where this is going. And I love the fact that, like, so they established through the newscast that, like, if you get bitten by one of these, you're going to turn into one of them. And then you immediately know where it's going and man when he goes down the stairs in the cellar and she's looking up at them and the dad is there dead and the mom's dead and then then you forget for a second because you're going oh this is horrible and then they come back to life and it's just oh man what a ride what a ride this movie is i know i love it yeah that was that that was some of my favorite stuff too being in the cellar just kind of seeing them come back to life and the little girl killing the mom how brutal yeah God. yeah it just um it, it's one of those things maybe maybe i'm not so much into the zombie stuff because i feel like this is like as as it's good as good, it's yeah. ever gonna get you know true and listen i've seen dawn of the dead and day of the dead i've seen even the remake of uh the one that Zack snyder did i can't remember was it dawn of the dead and shopping mall 
and it's it's wonderful. It's a wonderful movie, and it has a lot to say about consumerism, you know. And again, like the mask that Michael Myers wears on Halloween, you can assign meaning, yeah, to these things, you know, because when you get a mass of people, brainless people like that, you know, you can you can start assigning mm-hmm. uh, uh, motives and meaning to it. And, and listen, I get it. I'm all for it, I, and I enjoy I enjoy those films. But it feels like this is like where like as good as this can get. I think so. You know, it's yeah, it's just not something that really calls to me you know like you said because there's just only so much you can do with it i feel like yeah visually well well yeah, well too, you know because this does it well so well because you've got the mystery of what they are they're coming into the house they're growing in number as mm-hmm. they come into the house but then you've got the drama going on inside the house and it feels like you know the thing the john carpenter version of the thing borrows quite a bit from this in that you do have that power struggle going on inside and yeah. the human drama is really what's driving it, you know, and 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 could derail the whole thing at any time, which which it does. Yeah, you know, it, it's very good. It's a very very it good really movie. Is. It's and if you've never seen it, you definitely do need to see it. And uh, this movie is in the public domain because they didn't sign a copyright correctly or something like this. So <laughs> kind of weird. Um, uh, my numbers are probably off here, but I think there's five official sequels and uh, at least two remakes of this and then uh spinoff because russo has his own series uh uh return of the living dead which we covered here uh they have so they kind of split off and did their own things with it and both very good and uh you know hey more power to them but uh this is a great 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 film this is uh this was uh elected into the national film registry library of congress national film registry in 99 for being culturally and aesthetically uh, significant it definitely is i mean the there's something to be said about independent visions you yeah. know what would this movie have been if it had not been an independent film they may have cut down on some of the gore which is part of it, it needs to be there i feel like maybe Dwayne jones doesn't get cast because he's black in right. this you know which would be a shame you know? I know which would be an absolute shame yeah because he is so good i mean this he is he's so good in this movie and i feel like uh, you know, I feel like we're in good hands with him in this movie. Yeah, it felt like very refreshing to have him in a horror movie. You know, uh, a, a, a competent yeah. character. <laughs> you know, it was it was really it was really great, and the interplay uh, between uh, him and Barbara is really great. You know, mm-hmm. and as and as catatonic and worthless as she gets. You know, you don't want anything bad to happen to her. And, oh, no, not at all. And then uh, Judy and her boyfriend going out and blowing up in the train. It's so much great stuff in this movie. I it's, know. It's, it's really, really great and and really uh, nice black and white. We watched the the version that's available on Shudder, mm-hmm. and that transfer is just, just wonderful. Oh, yeah. It looked really good. I love the music. It sounded really good. Music's good. Sound design is really good. Yeah. Uh, the makeup was, was great. You know, just great all the way around. It, yeah, it really, great. I mean, really definitely, is. definitely, you know, historic. What do you think it is before we take a break? What do you think it is about the, uh, we've talked about the independent vision, you know, no movies by committee. We've said that on the show before. You know, could you imagine if any, I know to an extent that Robert Shea got involved with Wes Craven during the Elm Street filming in 84 but still that was Wes Craven's vision could you imagine if that had been watered down right you know? I know yeah we want to take the gore out because we want a PG-13 rating yeah it wouldn't be the same movie it wouldn't carry the not impact. at all I mean, this, and the point I'm making is this movie would not have you know the impact that it has no. without without that I know you know without the gore and without the the uh the, the look and tension and feel of this you right know? but what is it what do you think it is do you think it's because too many cooks can spoil the stew I think so yeah. It's possible. Yeah. Very possible. Let creative people do creative things. Exactly. There are times when creative people need to be reined in. There are times. True. There are times. Uh, we've talked about him on the show before. We are huge fans of Dan Aykroyd. There are times. Dan Aykroyd is one that sometimes needs to be reined in a little bit. You know, if you had taken his original idea for Ghostbusters, it would be a completely different movie. But you had a guiding hand there and Ivan Reitman and Harold Ramis. They didn't change the idea. But they reined it in. They made it a little more accessible. Right. You know, there are time, and that's collaboration. That's artistic collaboration. Right. Yeah. You know? But uh, I don't know. You know, you have that one vision. You know, and, and passion behind mm-hmm. a project. It, it's completely different from just a corporate cookie cutter type type event film. Exactly. You know? Cookie cutter being the word. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Wanting everything to be the same and yeah. You know. 
commercial, you know? Homogenous. I feel like that's a thing, too. You know, like, sometimes with gore or different things, you can't commercialize it as well. So I feel like that's a big part, you know, with with corporate stuff and studios. So Totally. Yeah. This is great. This is a great movie. Like I said, you can't overstate the influence of it. And I think it's a must-watch for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a sen- this is essential horror horror watching. Absolutely. Especially if you're on the floor. <laughs> just sitting on the floor. <laughs> Sit on the floor and watch it and then talk about it with a friend. Get your mood lighting. And- get your mood lighting. Get your coffee. <laughs> and watch the movie. Uh, so you like this, huh? I really do. I really do, too. We'll, uh, we're going to score it after the break. This is a news break, so be sure to stay tuned for all of the fake news, not fit to print. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we will see you on the other side. WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio is proud to present Calls from Grandma, a new weekly show spotlighting calls from your grandma. Here's a special preview. Hey, baby. Make sure you cook your chicken to 258 degrees, or you're going to get salamander. Or is it Selma Blair? Almost. Make sure you cook your chicken at high temperature. We believe she was talking about salmonella. Calls from Grandma. Every Tuesday from 7 to 9. Only on WKMF. Cozy Corner. Public Radio. at the Cozy Corner Institute of Science and Stuff have determined that zombies are undead creatures that like to eat the flesh of their victims. This just goes to prove what I've been saying for years. Zombies are jerks. In Washington, the United States Congress is debating a historic new spending bill. That's a fancy way of saying they're arguing about how to take more of your hard-earned money and spend it on a bunch of useless, stupid crap. This just goes to prove what I've been saying for years. Politicians are jerks. In supernatural news, a seance was recently held at the Cozy Corner House of Mystery and Imagination in which the late comic actor John Belushi was contacted. When asked how things are on the other side, Belushi said, I'm a soul, man. Finally, in international weather, forecasters say in Mexico... It's chilly today and will be hot tamale. This just goes to prove what I've been saying for years. The writers on this show are jerks. And that's the news. Stay tuned for our final scores and a preview of next week's show. time for the final segment of the late night fright thank god (laughs) welcome back to the late night fright right here on wkmf cozy corner public radio i am dan and i am faith are you looking forward to calls from Grandma Faith? I am. Yeah. Seven to nine, huh? <laughs> That's AM. Oh. <laughs>
7 to 9 a.m. Oh, okay. every Tuesday. <laughs> She's already been up for three and a half hours. <laughs> so, all right. We were talking about Night of the Living Dead, the George A. Romero classic from 1968. Films are just better in black and white, aren't they? They really are. They really are. Something about them. I don't know. Hey, I don't know, but it's, it's just the vibe is just so good. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it makes uh, it creepier. I don't know. It's just so good. It really is. This movie is very good. We are awarding it brains tonight in lieu of stars. Faith, how many brains did you award Night of the Living Dead? I, of course, had to give it four brains. I also gave it four brains, although only one of the characters in this film has a brain. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty accurate. Yes, yeah, the great Dwayne Jones has been. That's one of the great horror performances right there. It really great, is. great, great movie. George Romero went on to make a lot of other great movies. We're going to get to some of those movies in the in the near future. But uh, creepy classic month, uh, creepy black and white classic month as it worked out. We didn't plan that. So neither The Living Dead was the first film. The other films that we have picked out for the month are Son of Frankenstein from 1940. We have The Innocents from 1961, I believe, and The Thing from Another World, which is 51, if I'm not mistaken. It's a 50s sci-fi flick. So I like the movies this month. I like the... Mm -hmm. I like the uh, the variety of genres yeah, me too. that we have. And we took the liberty before the show started, so you didn't have to hear us do it on the show with the paper and picking and the whatnot. But Faith, what is the next movie uh, up on the slab for postmortem next week? Next week's show will be Son of Frankenstein. This is the third in the Universal Studios Frankenstein series. This is also the last to feature Boris Karloff as the creature. So kind of historic i would say this also introduced bella lugosi into the lexicon as igor and i think igor is bella lugosi's best role and yeah i know he played dracula <laughs> uh no he's really 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 good in this i'm curious basil rathbone uh most famous for playing sherlock holmes he was also in a lot of other great movies he was kind of uh, Peter Cushing in a way before there was Peter Cushing. Uh, he played roles that Peter Cushing would have played, you know, in the thirties yeah. and forties, you know, he would, he'd be the heavy and stuff like Robin Hood and, you know, in pirate movies like Captain Blood with Errol Flynn, very good actor, very good performance in this movie. He plays the titular son of Frankenstein. This movie would also be parodied to great effect by Mel Brooks in 1974's Young Frankenstein. So Young Frankenstein really is not making fun of the original Frankenstein film. It's making fun of this film that we're going to be talking about. So this is going to be a lot of fun. We also have Lionel Atwill in this movie as the uh, police inspector, the chief of detectives. Uh, I, I forget what exactly his name is, but we'll find out as we <laughs> do a rewatch on the movie. <laughs> really fun gothic horror. James Whale is not back for this one, but uh, but they, they carry on and do very well without him. Uh, it would have been interesting to see what Whale had done with this, but uh, good flick. I'm looking forward to it. Very German uh, expressionistic. So we're getting back, getting back into that. <laughs> mindset and it's always great to watch a universal classic it's always oh, great yeah. to watch a boris karloff movie so and bella lugosi as well so yeah i, I i'm curious fun. to see him as the as this role i just watched dracula again recently guys it's gonna be hard to see him top because <laughs> I, um, haven't, I haven't seen this movie he does you haven't seen it so he does yeah. and it's really great because it's almost comedic but it's dark and menacing at the same time he's hitting all the all the colors in the okay. performance and and it's lugosi you know, yeah. and uh, he's under heavy makeup and uh, doesn't really look like the cool, suave, right? <laughs> the ghosty of Dracula. No, he's he's very unkempt, and uh, okay. he he really he's a he's a wonderful addition to the lexicon. I'm looking forward it's, to it. It's it's my favorite Lugosi performance. I think he I, I think the guy was so, you know, he was so well known, and rightfully so for Dracula. Yeah. And then in some ways he was very underrated because he was such a good actor. And you're going to see it in this movie, how good he really, really was. Uh, Karloff is not the presence in this like he is in Bride of Frankenstein, but he's still a presence. And he's a lot more menacing in this movie than he was in Bride of Frankenstein. He, he doesn't speak in this film and he's back to being that very, very, you know, uh, that thing, yeah. <laughs> you know, All right. that he had. It's a very fun movie. This is a great movie. It's well, I think I think it's one of the better of the Universal uh, Universal Monster yeah. movies. 
not held in that as high regard, probably because, you know, the two films that come before it, yeah. which are just I absolute mean, yeah. classics. So <laughs> I would, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a slight cut below, but it's also a different film. So this one's kind of got some fairy tale elements to it okay. you know, a little bit. So it's gonna be a fun watch. Yeah, I'm excited. Always a fun watch. So we hope you out there are doing very well. We hope that you're staying happy. We so hope that you're staying healthy and safe and sane and that you're taking your vitamins in these weird times that we find ourselves in. And I keep waiting to see The Walking Dead walking towards me. Me too. <laughs> Any day now. <laughs> but we hope you're out there doing well, being good to yourself, being good to your neighbors. And as the late, great Norm MacDonald said, uh, it's one thing to make people laugh. It's another to leave them with a smile. We hope that we've done that tonight for you. Uh, all we ask, this is a free show. The content will always be free. We just ask that you pass that smile on. There's someone out there that needs it, and uh, please pass that along. We sincerely hope that you're doing well. We hope that your families and your loved ones are doing well. We're pulling for you. We're all in this together. Yep. All in it together. So um, before we go... In the Calls from Grandma bumper, she mentioned Selma Blair <laughs> in lieu of Salamander, in which is also in lieu of Salmonella. But uh, we should mention we did a movie on this show that is heavily influenced by Night of the Living Dead. That's Mom and Dad starring Nicolas Cage and Selma Blair. And uh, one of the great genre movies we've done on the show. Both mm-hmm. of us really, really enjoyed the movie, but definitely has a Night of the Living Dead. It uh, does vibe to it you know so it's still very influential and it's the walking dead still on is that is that still a thing i think it is i i, I got lost a long time season 35 <laughs> it's like Grey's anatomy it's, yeah. it's the crazy anatomy of zombie shows <laughs> oh maybe they should have like a mashup i will i will yeah they should All the patients I, are I will dead i will say this um the first season of that show was very, very Romero influenced. I really liked the first season oh, yeah, of that show too. very much. And that first episode does a whole lot of things really, really well. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. I know. Really good stuff. This is good stuff. Classic. If you haven't seen this, please watch it. Very good. You can reach us at late night fright podcast at gmail. I'm also going to have a link in the description for the show. If you'd like to support this show financially, you can do that. You can become a patron for the show. The show will always be free, but we do have some operating costs. And if you'd like to help us offset those costs and help us get a few new pieces of equipment for the show, that would, you know, make it, you know, more mediocre. We would uh, certainly appreciate that. We have been compared to toenail fungus. and (laughs) We don't want that anymore. Well, it was published in a medical journal, so it's true faith. I know. And it's on the internet, so you know it's true. Yeah, absolutely. So you know it's true. (laughs) So there it is. We hope that you all have a great week. We thank you sincerely for stopping by and spending a little time with us here in Cozy Corner. We know you have a whole lot of options as to how you spend your time. We're so glad you chose to spend a little of it here. And uh, hey, call your grandma. Well, it is that time. Faith and I have to get downtown because uh, Vito's tracksuit and undershirt Emporium is having an early Black Friday sale. So we're going to get down there and stand in line for that. You looking forward to that, Faith? Yeah, I need a pinky ring. Yeah, well, they got some. They just fell off a truck. Don't ask. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I need that white undershirt and I I, I need a tracksuit. You need a tracksuit. I do. I need a tracksuit. I need a tracksuit for my Sopranos viewing. (laughs) (laughs) Did you know uh, uh, they... The uh, streaming numbers on The Sopranos were like went up exponentially because they released that movie, The Many Saints of Newark. Yeah, they uh, the movie didn't really do okay at the theaters, uh, but and I think it did okay streaming wise. But what's happened was they they've noticed something really interesting. The numbers for the show, like kept going up so what people were doing was they were watching the series getting ready to watch watch the movie movie. yeah yeah and i've fallen in the category of people (laughs) who are re-watching the sopranos and i made it uh watching night of the living dead i got it in under the wire because i i had to almost physically pull myself away from the hbo max app because i i I gotta see what happens to tony (laughs) so (laughs) gandolfini was uh what a wonderful presence Gandolfini was what an actor were you a, were you a fan of Gandolfini yeah. I was I, what a unique presence in television and movies you know and in that 
here was a guy who was a leading man trapped in like a character actor's body, you know, because he looked like just a dude, you know, and you typically don't see that in movies, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, what a wonderful presence, you know, one of the few celebrities I was sad when he passed away, you know, yeah. was, it was one that hit because he was so young and still very had so much to give, you know, Yeah, it's very sad, but uh, his body of work speaks for itself. It's really great body of work but we got to get down to vetoes because i'm gonna go get myself one of them gandolfini track suits so <laughs> we gotta go all right all we ask is that you pay that smile for it and like i said if you'd like to get in touch with us you can at late night fright podcast at gmail.com there's a link in the description if you'd like to help us out financially if you can that's great if not leave us a review if you have it in your heart and uh, if you can't do that just listen that's the best thing you can do is listen Numbers have been wonderful. We thank you for your continued support. Faith, if we snap our fingers, can we make the magic happen? Even sitting on (laughs) the floor, Faith, can we make the magic happen? Are you ready for this? All right. On the count of three, Faith. One, two, three. There it is. It's time to say goodbye. Well, it's time to get our asses to Vito's tracksuit and undershirt and Porium. Let's hurry up. Let's go. Let's do it, Faith. Take us home. <laughs> May your coffin be cozy and your sarcophagus warm. May the light of the moon keep you safe from harm. Be you vampire, spook, specter, or beast. Always remember, keep, keep your, your monster, monster on, on a leash. leash. Son of Frankenstein is up next. We will see you on the other side. You have a great week. <laughs> <laughs>